Okay, now you see this gentleman? Now he's giving me this, uh, this sign and it says, we're on in 10 seconds, so get ready to have a good time. Get ready for the game and get to know your favorite Lightning players. This is exciting, isn't it? This is the opening face-off with LightningInsider.com's Eric Erlinson. All right, here we go. On Lightning Power Play. Happy Hockey Day, Lightning fans, and welcome to the opening face-off here on Lightning Power Play. Eric Erlinson, your host from LightningInsider.com, as well as the host of Lightning Lunch. You can hear weekdays, 12 till 1 p.m. That's a live show that we do do. We look for interactions. So if you're ever tuned in to us on Lightning Power Play here and you're listening to that show, you can always interact with me uh, via Twitter and or email. Uh, so I hope you take advantage of that. Uh, getting you set for tonight's 7 p.m. game against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Game you can hear right here on Lightning Power Play, of course, at 7 p.m. with Dave Michigan and Phil Esposito. The pregame show is at 6.30. And, of course, Greg Linnelli joins us. Doesn't join us. Greg Linnelli follows us here with Lightning Power Play Live at 5.30 as he'll get you set for the game tonight as well. And uh, we'll be joined on the show today by Lightning defenseman Victor Hedman. So stick around for that interview. Uh, we'll also, of course, talk to Bobby the Chief Taylor uh, from Fox Sports Sun, as we always do here on the opening faceoff. And uh, we're going to get some of his thoughts on Tampa Bay's game the other night against Vegas, look ahead to, to Pittsburgh. We're also going to ask Chief about the trade that went down last night involving an Atlantic Division rival. So we'll get Chief's thoughts on that as well. All right. The Lightning have been a team that has been relatively injury-free for a good portion of the season. Knock on wood. Somebody knock on wood somewhere. Everybody knock on wood somewhere. Thank you, Connor, for knocking on wood. It, it, and it, it's a key to any season. You always wonder uh, and worry. It's always a concern and a worry about how injuries are going to affect a team because every team goes through injuries. There's no doubt that... If you lose a top player, if you lose somebody who uh, takes up a lot of minutes, who plays a big role on a team, it's always going to have an effect on a team. And it, how a team handles it is always something to keep an eye on or, again, wonder about how that's going to take place. Well, we saw it last year where Andre Vasilevsky went down with a fracture in his foot and he missed about four weeks was 4-6. to six. He came back on the lighter side of that. Uh, Louis Domingue came in and gave this team an unexpected boost. You know, if you're the backup goaltender, you don't necessarily think that at one point you're going to make 10, 11 straight starts as Louis Domingue did. But he came in and he filled in very well for the team. Helped them start to get on the run that propelled them to uh, a record-tying season in terms of NHL victories during the regular season. So it, it, it did not have the impact that we felt it would have because Domingue played well. Even um, you know later in the year when Vasilevsky got some time off, um, you know it didn't have the effect on the team in front of the goaltender. So that's always a key part. Now, having said that, we look at the situation with the team right now. We saw 
Jan Ruda go down in the game on Tuesday against Vegas, the unfortunate situation where he was kind of hit from behind as Nicholas Wall lost his edge as he was coming in for uh, a check along the boards. And unfortunately, he slid right into the back of Ruda's legs and pinned his right leg against the boards in a little bit of an awkward situation. And we saw Ruda go off. He wasn't able to put any weight on the foot as he was helped back to the locker room. He has been spotted around the locker room the past couple of days on a knee scooter. And it's not a good sign when you've got to go around on a knee scooter. I've certainly seen plenty of uh, individuals have to deal with those. Usually I've seen it with those who have had suffered Achilles issues. Uh, I don't think that's the case here. Uh, it does appear to be something more ankle-related than knee-related, which I don't know if that's good or better, one or the other in this situation. But the bottom line is Jan Ruda is going to be out of the lineup for at least a few weeks. John Cooper spoke to us this morning, and he mentioned it will be at least a few weeks before we even start seeing potential improvement in Jan Ruda. And that means that Braden Colburn or Luke Shen is going to have to take up some. This is why you need depth. You know, I was asked during the broadcast, our second intermission question and answer session that we do, myself and Greg Linelli, about whether or not Colburn or Shen might be moved before the trade deadline because they haven't played much. Uh, and in fact, uh, Braden Colburn hasn't played since. Uh, before the bye week, when Ryan McDonough missed a few games, and McDonough returned for the game against the Minnesota Wild, uh, that was their next-to-last game, before they headed into their bye week. So Braden Coburn, his last action was back on January the 14th against the LA Kings, which before Tuesday was the team's last home game. So it's been more than three weeks since Braden uh, Coburn has played a game. And then Luke Shen, Luke Shen's last game, he hasn't even played in the 2020 calendar year to date. His last game was New Year's Eve in Buffalo. And that before that, it was December 21st against Washington. And before that, it was December the 9th against the Islanders. So Luke Shen has only played three games since the beginning of December. And now, you know, but this this is the role sometimes. It's it's like a backup goaltender. You have to be ready when your name is called. Now, you a little bit of a better idea of when you're the backup goalie, you're going to get a start, just as Curtis McElhaney knows here. It's probably once every four or five games, give or take, and he's probably going to get the second half of back-to-back -back games. So at least he understands when he'll play. But in the meantime, they have to practice and be ready and be sharp. You know, and it will be Braden Coburn that draws in tonight. Not sure of the pairings. Uh, we mentioned it yesterday on Lightning Lunch as practice was going on while we were on the air that with the seven defensemen, they were rotating everybody around, so it was kind of hard to get a read on what the, the pairings might look like tonight. It was an optional skate this morning 
so we didn't get any insight into how that might look tonight. But we do know that it will be Braden Coburn that draws in. And now the question is, who plays with whom? And this is where the the situation it just bears monitoring. Because Todd Richards, who spoke to us yesterday after practice, and he is in charge of the defense, did mention how they like the pairing of Ryan McDonough and Eric Chernak, and that's been rather consistent dating back to the middle part of last season with those two being together. It's been the odd time here or there where, you know, Chernak maybe played with Hedman, I think, one game earlier this year, and, and things were moved around. But for the most part, 99% of the time when McDonough and Chernak have been in the lineup, they've been a pairing together. So, and, and the one thing is is the pairings have been rather consistent, minus the injury when McDonough missed some time. But it's been McDonough and Chernak, and for the last month or so, it's been Kevin Shattenkirk with Mikhail Sergachev, and of course Victor Hedman with Jan Ruda. Now, Victor Hedman is not easy to play with. He is a difficult player to have as a partner, and I don't mean that in a bad way. But you do have to have an understanding of how Victor Hedman plays. Victor Hedman is a roamer. He will go all over the ice. And his defensive partner, this is why Anton Strawman was so good for him for a number of years, is Anton could really read off of Victor and understand where he was going and what he was doing and what he was thinking. They it just that chemistry just worked. And I think that's where Ruda sort of put his game together. He was able to understand how Victor Hedman played and how he had to read off of that. And the the thing is, you know, we sometimes we we say that you know top players are hard to play with too because you have to think the game the same way. In this case, you have to think the game how Victor sees it because he will move all over the place. And I think Jan Ruda has done an admirable job in that aspect. He hasn't been a player who, because what you want to look for, of course you're always asking, how are you, what are you doing to help the team? What are you doing to be in uh, an area in, in which you're, you're not hurting your team? And I think that's where Jan Ruda fit in this year. He, he's a steady player. He's not going to jump out at you. He's not going to do any of that. But what he did do is he knew how to play with Victor Hedman. He was learning how to play with Victor Hedman. And at the end of the day, he wasn't hurting the team. And and, and, and by not hurting the team, he was helping the team. That's what he had meant to them. And that's why he had been a pretty good, consistent partner with Victor Hedman for a good portion of the year. You know, I've said it many times on this show, on Lightning Lunch. I've said it with Greg Linelli many times. The biggest question to me surrounding this team and the and the, the personnel-wise this year was who was going to play with Victor Hedman this year. You know, they brought in Kevin Shattenkirk late in the year when he was bought out by the New York Rangers. We thought, okay, is that somebody who could potentially play with Victor Hedman as the right-handed shot? 
you know, they played together a little bit. Uh, Luke Shen was signed in the offseason. Well, was he going to be somebody that could play with Victor Hedman? Um, you know, I think when Shattenkirk came in, it kind of uh, pushed Luke Shen down the depth chart a little bit. But it took until the first time that Victor Hedman and Jan Ruda were paired together came back on December the 12th. That was a game against the Boston Bruins that they won here at home, 3-2. to two. And since then, with the exception of a three-game stretch coming out of the Christmas break, the 29th, the 31st, and the 2nd, it has been Victor Hedman and Jan Ruda. They have been a consistent pairing for the better part of a month. Now, before that, Coburn was a guy who played with Victor on the right side as a left-handed shot, playing his offside. But, you know, Coburn has played the right side for a good portion of his career. He's comfortable over there. Uh, then you had Luke Shen, and then you had Eric Chernak. So those three games that, that Ruda and Hedman were not together, one game they had Chernak there, one game they had Luke Shen there, and the next game they had Broden, Braden Coburn there. And then uh, starting uh, the game in Ottawa on January the 4th, it had been Ruda and Hedman together. So what you always look for now, the thing is, how does this absence disrupt all of the chemistry or the, the pairing consistency that this team has had? And Because it's been a lot of it, right? They've been really good in terms of how they've been able to pair together um, for a good portion of, of this part of the season. So now they're going to be challenged here a little bit in trying to find some, some new chemistry, new, new consistency. And what, what I w wouldn't be shocked by is um, if Victor plays with a lot of people. We've seen this at different points of the year, that, yeah, he'll be paired with somebody in particular, but he might get the odd shift, you know, with a Shattenkirk, you know, a Sergachev. Sergachev can play the right side. We've certainly seen plenty of that. Uh, again, we don't know what it's going to look like tonight, but it might not matter what the pairings start out as. You might see Victor rotate in uh, other in other areas of the ice uh, with other partners as well. Uh, look, we've we've seen him and McDonough out there at times late in games, depending, right? So uh, just something to keep an eye on, especially as we're you know less than three weeks away from the trade deadline now, in terms of how things might uh, pan out. Uh, if there are any moves to be made in the future, if Jan Ruda's injury factors into that in any way, shape, or form, uh, we'll have to wait and see. All right, we're going to take our first break here right now. Uh, you are listening to the opening face-off on Lightning Power Play. I'm Eric Erlinson from LightningInsider.com, your host. Pittsburgh Penguins in town tonight for a 7 p.m. contest. And when we come back from this break, we're going to sit down and talk with Lightning defenseman Victor Hedman. Stick around. Before the battle on the ice. Game on! Game on! You've got to have the opening face-off. I was not aware of that. This is opening face-off with Eric Erlinson on Lightning Power Play. Welcome back to the opening face-off show here on Lightning Power Play. Lightning getting set to host the Pittsburgh Penguins at 7 p.m. And we're pleased to be joined right now by Lightning defenseman Victor Hedman, Victor, appreciate you uh, spending a couple of minutes here with us. Um, 
haven't caught up with you much uh, since October last time we talked with you here on the show, and th- things were much different for the team back then. You were kind of up and down a little bit, and uh, on quite a run now, 17-2-1 in your last 20 games. What what do you like in terms of how you guys have started to play, um, not necessarily a different style, but a different mentality to your game? No, I think we've, uh, you know, I think after the Sweden trip, we played some really good hockey, and, you know, maybe not, didn't get the results we wanted right away, but, uh, you know, like I said, the run we're on right now, it's, it's not a coincidence. And I think the consistency in our game, you know, the way we defend as a, as a group and, you know, the way we, you know, can, you know, can hurt teams in the offensive zone and off the rush, you know, has just been, you know, our go-to. And, you know, I think uh, we've been winning different, you know, ca- different kind of games as well. You know, it hasn't been, you know, all the same, you know, the way we played and, I'm very happy, you know, we can, you know, when we're, we're up a couple of couple of goals going into the third, we're not sitting back, you know, we're still attacking. And I think San Jose game was a good example of that, you know, being up a goal and, you know, we kind of came up and came out in the third and uh, probably played the best period of that game and, you know, scored two more goals. And, you know, that's, uh, that's what we've been doing. You know, we've been finding ways to win. And, you know, yes, the consistency in our game has been, uh, it's been a lot of fun to, to obviously be out there on the ice. You mentioned the San Jose game. There's been a number of games this year where they've been tight, close throughout, one-goal games. So you a lot of, won a lot of 2-1 games this year as well, where maybe last year it didn't happen as often. And I'm going to throw this term at you that Brian Engblom used with me, being comfortable, being uncomfortable. You know, you know, protecting those one-goal leads is a different mentality. Are you guys more comfortable in those situations now than maybe in previous years? Yeah, I mean, obviously we're, uh, we're a, uh, you know, we're a confident group and, you know, being up a goal and, you know, you're not, you're not going to be scared to, to be up a goal. You know, you'd rather be up a goal than down a goal and, you know, playing from behind. You know, we can play play our game and, you know, still play on the, you know, still play on the attack. And, you know, we can set ourselves up in, in the offensive zone by playing good D. And like I said, you got to be, you've got to want to be out there. you got to be, you know, able to make plays even though, you know, you're up a goal. you got to keep playing the same way. You can't sit back because teams are too good in this league to, to uh, you know, for you to be allowed to sit back, so uh, you know, I'm very happy with the way we played. Uh, you know, being up a couple of goals. We've heard some comments come from other teams as well. Jake Voracek had a comment after you guys played in Philly. Patrick Marlowe had a comment after the game against San Jose. I heard other broadcasters talk about just your overall different approach to the game. When when you start to get those type of compliments from other teams and they understand maybe you are a little bit of a different team does that show you that everything that you guys are looking to try and make yourselves this year is on the right path yeah absolutely you know you uh you know when other teams start noticing that uh, you know the way we're playing and you know it's it's it's, it's fun to hear but uh, you know we don't really pay I, I didn't know that until you told me now so uh you know we're we're happy with the way we're playing and it's always fun to to get that uh get that uh you know kudos from from other teams but uh, you know we just got to focus on on our team and uh, you know keep developing the way we want to play you know come April. In normal years we would talk about a power play that has struggled to produce numbers wise anyway I think one in 12 games going into the game against the Penguins but your five on five play has been so good your penalty kill has been so good that it doesn't come up as much are you worried about the power play at all or because other areas of your game are, are so good on the on a consistent basis that you know that that's going to turn around no we're not worried you know we but we're uh, you know we're you know we're uh, 
you know, we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to produce when we get out there. And, you know, you're not going to score every time, but, you know, for us as a group or both groups, you know, you know, one out of 12 games, it's not good enough. And, uh, you know, we, when we get the opportunity, you know, last game we had 47 seconds, so uh, maybe don't count that one. But, uh, you know, when we get the opportunity, we don't go out there and, and create momentum, kind of like the one in L.A., you know, it doesn't count as a power play goal, but, you know, we're out there for two minutes and, uh, you know, we're we're hemming them in their zone and you know then we score after they get uh, you know five guys on the ice but uh, you know that's the kind of power play we want to have you know it's a shooting mentality and you know then things can open up when you retrieve pucks so uh, but we we put that pressure on ourselves to to produce and you know uh, sooner or later it's gonna it's gonna you know get back to to where we want it to be well, you mentioned the abbreviated power play chance you had against Vegas the other night, but as a whole in general, it's been one or two chances. Teams are not taking penalties against you. Is that a result of them understanding that they can't take penalties against you, or are we at the time of the year where maybe things aren't going to get called as much? Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's a combination, but, uh, you know, we've obviously had a successful power play um, the last few years, and, you know, if you give a good power play an opportunity, you know, four or five times a game, you know, chances are, you know, they're going to score. So uh, maybe that's what our teams have, you know, in the back of their mind as well. So, uh, you know, that's but then it's even more on us to, you know, if you only know you're going to get a one or two chances, you can't let the first one slide. So, uh, you know, we, we're looking forward to, you know, obviously coming back and we've got some work in today. You know, we haven't really practiced a whole lot with the bye week and the amount of games we played. So, uh, you know, it's good to get a couple of reps in today and, you know, looking forward for tomorrow and, you know, hopefully get a first uh, or get a get a early PP and get things going. All right, we're again joined joined here by Victor Hedman on the opening faceoff and Victor, thirteen games in twenty one days. How difficult as you look back on it now? You come through with a really good record, obviously eleven and two. But in in terms of how it was going through that stretch, is that as difficult a stretch as you've been through in your career? Uh, it's a good question. Yeah, know. when you're in it, you don't really pay too much attention about it. You know, yes, you guys know what's going to happen. You know, you're going to have a game every every day. It feels like, but uh, you know, after you know, after you're done, you know, we had that break. You felt your body was a little bit sore, and you know, your mind was kind of happy that uh, you know you didn't have to really focus on on hockey right now. So, uh, you know, for us to to you know go through that uh, stretch with an 11-2 record, that's uh, something I'm super proud of. And, you know, the guys really bared down and, you know, knew what was at stake and knew that we, if we can put on a good, you know, a, a good run during these, uh, during these games, you know, we, we're looking pretty good. So uh, we're very happy with the way we, we ended uh, before that bye week. Uh, we haven't talked to you since before the Sweden trip, actually. So uh, just I know you've been asked this question a thousand times, but just kind of reflect back on the opportunity it gave you to kind of be there for a week and play a couple of games in, in front of uh, a lot of family and friends uh, back home. Yeah, that was one of the best moments in my hockey career, and you know, super, super proud to to be back home with uh, you know this group of guys and this organization that I've been a part of for so long, and you know to come out of there with with two wins and you know being able to score a goal as well that was uh, you know icing on the cake. So uh, no, that's a that's a moment I'll share as forever, and uh, yeah, see my friends, you know, my my families, and it was just. Uh, an unreal feeling and you know hearing this national anthem the Swedish national anthem as well during an NHL game that was uh, super special so uh, you know I think once is enough you know now I don't have to do it again so uh, you know let's have this moment and you know I'll have that with me for 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 the rest of my career. 
I know of watching from afar, you were a great ambassador for, for the team and the league and for your country during that aspect. What, any special mementos, pictures, anything that kind of stands out in your mind that will help you remember that trip, you know, 10, 15, 20 years from now? Uh, well, it's easy now. Everything's on YouTube, so you can just go in and watch the whole game pretty much. So, uh, you know, but, uh, you know, just the overall experience, you know, the face-off, ceremonial face-offs, you know, with Croner the one day and then Nassi, you know, obviously from my hometown, that was very special. So, uh, you know, it's a lot of things that I really, you know, going to look back at and, uh, you know, it feels like forever, but it's only been like, you know, three months or two or three months. So. Exactly, a lot of hockey. So, uh, you know, but that, uh, like I said, I think that trip was good for us. You know, we we're kind of in a hole. You know, things weren't going as well, and you know, we got that uh, week pretty much in Sweden. Uh, you know, obviously my favorite country in the world, and uh, you know, we had a good time as a group and as a team. So, uh, uh, I think that was, the trip was very good for us. How do you think it helped in terms of, of bonding? A couple of new faces on the team with Pat Maroon and Kevin Shattenkirk and Curtis Mack. And we talked a lot about it, but as you kind of look back at it now, from, from that aspect, to kind of spend some time with those guys and kind of bring them into the group maybe a little bit more. Yeah, that was huge. And, you know, we did something every day as a, as a, as a group, and we had a, had a lot of fun. And, you know, obviously that's big for us, you know, different time zone, you know. We were just uh, having a good time, you know eating some Swedish food and, you know, hanging out together as a group was, uh, was uh, you know, what we needed. So that was uh, that was awesome. You know, we had a week before in New York as well, so it was a two-week road trip pretty much. So uh, it was a lot of fun. Two-week road trips, three weeks between home games. It's been a quirky kind of a kind of a schedule uh, for you guys. All right, last one here before we let you go. And, we, we, you know, we always have to talk United. Yeah. Uh, when, when we discuss a uh, little up-and-down year for them, are they, they going to make it in the top four? Sure, hope so. Uh, you know, there are two, you know, a lot of injuries and a lot of games. Um, now they got a 16-day break, and, uh, you know, I'm really looking forward to seeing Bruno Fernandes, you know, the, the late signing from Sporting that's, you know, I think is going to do great things for, for, for Man U. So, uh, and then Igalo, you know, we, they're lacking a little bit, you know, up front with Rashford being hurt. So, uh, see Igalo coming in from the Chinese League. You know, see how quickly he adapts, uh, you know, back to the Premier League. So, uh, you know, I'm um, I'm confident they'll make it back to the top four, but it's gonna be it's gonna be a grind, and uh, you know, they gotta pick up points, uh, you know, early on. You surprised Liverpool is have such a huge lead because I talked to my son. I don't know if he's listening to the show or not, but every time I talk to him, he, he talks about how lucky Liverpool is. You know, they're they, they obviously have such a huge lead. They could clinch the, the 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 league by the middle of March. It's an incredible stretch. But uh, surprise, Liverpool has such a big lead. Yeah, very surprised. They're lucky. They're lucky. Good answer. Yeah, you got to tell Strauss that too. He's, they're lucky. Now they're they're an unbelievable team. You know, being 24 and one, I think. You know, no losses, one tie. It's remarkable. You know, they had some late finishes, but you know, I think good teams find a way to win. And Liverpool, it's not a coincidence that they're you know up there and by that much. And you know, they steam it through the Champions League as well. And you know, you look at their team yesterday in the FA Cup or. I think it was the FA Cup, you know, the whole team is on vacation, you know, the coach is on vacation, <laughs> and they still go in, and, and they still win, so, uh, you know, very, you know, it's, it's, it's mind-boggling, you know, the way they've been able to, you know, go through this stretch uh, with the amount of games they play as well, it's, it's remarkable. 
All right, Vic, uh, thanks as always for your time. Thanks for the uh, British Premier League update yep. as well. We always love talking soccer with you, so uh, continued success the rest of the year. Thank you. All right, Victor Hedman has been our guest here on Lightning, uh, on the opening faceoff here on Lightning Power Play. Lightning are in action tonight against the Pittsburgh Penguins at 7 p.m. Uh, stick around. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, it'll be time to talk to our good friend, Bobby the Chief Taylor. After the puck drops, drop by lightninginsider.com. I think you'll find me more than qualified. This is the opening face-off with Eric Erlinson. Booyah! On Lightning Power Play. Welcome back to the opening face-off here on Lightning Power Play. Eric Erlinson from lightninginsider.com, your host. Tampa Bay back in action tonight against the Pittsburgh Penguins. That is a 7 p.m. puck drop. Of course, you can listen to it here on Lightning Power Play. Dave Michigan, Phil Esposito have that call for you. Greg Linelli has Lightning Power Play live coming up next at 5.30, and that leads into the pregame show at 6.30, and then the broadcast starts at 7 on Fox Sports Sun. Rick Peck and Brian Engblom have that call for you. Their pregame show will be on the air at 6.30, which includes our next guest, our good friend, color analyst, two-time Stanley Cup champion, Bobby the Chief Taylor. Chief, enjoying the weather? Yes. <laughs> yeah, got out and played golf yesterday. Just played uh, uh, Copperhead, which is getting all ready for the Valspar mm -hmm. in early March. And uh, Did you replace all divots? Uh, yeah, and it was cart path only, so that's what took it a little bit longer, too, because if you didn't hit it on the cart path side, you had to trudge over there twice. Oh, okay. To see how far you were and then come back to get the right club. So what you're saying is you got your steps in as well. Boy, did I ever. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was a good day to get it done. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was a great day. I mean, hardly any sun, so it's, it was really comfortable. Yeah, unlike the weather that's going to pass through tonight, it's supposed to be from what I hear, yeah. somewhat severe. So uh, if uh, be prepared. If you're coming to the game, make sure you bring an umbrella because it's supposed to be raining uh, pretty heavily all the way through about 2 o'clock in the morning. So unless you plan on sleeping in the, the arena here, which sometimes I feel like I should, <laughs> um, you know, you're going to walk out into uh, what could be a potentially bad rainstorm. So uh, make sure you come prepared if you're coming to the game tonight. Uh, the lighting have been prepared somewhat, Chief. Uh, let's talk about first the game on Tuesday night against Vegas. Uh, from an aesthetic point of view, not the prettiest game for Tampa Bay. Some turnovers, some Stretch passes they probably shouldn't have made that were easily picked off by the Golden Knights. A couple of backdoor plays that they got away with that Vegas didn't convert, but... Didn't even get a shot on goal. They yeah, missed the net. missed the net. Um, so from that standpoint, it wasn't pretty, but talk about finding a way to grind through a game and pick up a couple of dirty, ugly goals ends up being another key two points. Well, that's the difference. I, I thought in the last part of the game they were a lot better yeah third period I, especially yeah and you know what that's the thing that's been a, i think the biggest key to their success thus far has been their ability to shut down games now and close games out and uh you know Vassy was best whew, we needed a big time in the first 30 minutes of that game he was huge and, and he he came up big but you know when you when you gets down to the final period and that you know and 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 Vegas is a good team. They're, they've got more speed this year, I thought, yep. than I've seen in the last year or two. But uh, they uh, they they still don't finish real well, you know. Uh, they've got guys that can that has scored in the past, not 
overly outstanding scores, but they do pr produce, you know, Pacioretty's been a 30-goal scorer. You know, Stastny puts points on the board. Marsha Show uh, has uh, had a couple of really good years now, so you could say he's a scorer, you know. Carlson, I don't know. I mean, he hasn't done as well as that one year he did. But yeah, and he's that, been injured, so he missed yeah, the game the other night. Yeah, so, but, I mean, they're, they're a very good team. They're very well coached, and uh, I, you know, and, and uh, Fleury, uh, wasn't at his best, I don't think, but he also, you know, we got a couple of deflections on him, uh, and, uh, you know. Well, he made that one save on Kucherov, that sliding pad yeah. save on a one-timer that probably nine out of ten times probably ends up in the back of the net. Yeah, yeah. But uh, you know what? It's, it's – they really – when they – when it's, it's – the difference I've seen in them now is when the game's on the line – that's when they put it into another gear. Yeah, they step it up and they're much more aggressive on the puck. And you know, when they got that empty net goal, you know, they were all over Vegas. Mm -hmm. I mean, they just played. The gap control was great. They're making the plays at the blue line, and they were really playing. I thought they played really finished that game off well. Well, and one thing that stood out to me, and I talked about this yesterday on Lightning Lunch, where it was interesting talking to both Steven Stamkos and Braden Point in particular when I asked him this question. Three of those four goals, one was the empty netter, so the three five-on-five five goals were net front presence goals. Two deflections and the one screen that Stamkos set up on the Braden Point goal. And I asked both of them about that, and they both basically said, well, we knew that we weren't going to make east-west plays against this team. There's certain teams that you're not going to be able to do it against, and they're one of those teams. And Fleury is so good. He's so athletic. He can make saves that from side to side that you don't think he can make. So their concentration was to get that net front presence and try and get goals that way. You don't often hear in season that talked about because you don't try and – tailor your game plan too much to your opponent, you usually worry just about yourself and what you do well and if you can go out and execute. But it was interesting to hear them say that they kind of altered things a little bit to have a little bit of a net front presence mentality and it paid off. Well, basically it's hard to do that yeah. to, to custom manage your game because there's so many games. Mm -hmm. You know, and, the, and you know, they were, uh, they were coming off a four-game and six-night thing. You know that's not easy. And coming back from the West Coast, from the West Coast two time. days off. Yeah, all that stuff. So, but you know what? That is, that's to me, that's a sign of maturity. That's a sign too that, uh, you know, I, the coaching staff is looking at that too. You know, a lot of times, you know, they just say, "Oh, let's worry about us." You know, it's the easier way to do it, and also, it's a less uh, troublesome way to do it. So maybe, you know, like for instance, tonight, tonight's going to be in my mind the battle of the special teams. Yeah. These teams are so good everywhere, uh, you know. But uh, the biggest thing is Pittsburgh doesn't take a lot of penalties. So I think in my mind, the power, the penalty kill has got to be really strong. And that's something that has been really, really good for them over the last month, uh, in my mind. It's, that's a huge thing. They, for instance, that game against Vegas, they had three straight power plays. They got one shot. Yeah. One shot out of three power plays. And we happened to get a shorthanded shot, too. In fact, that was our only shot on goal for the longest time <laughs> in the second period. But you, this is the thing. you don't. Have, I, I think they're trying to understand that you don't have to win pretty. Just got to win. Yeah. You know? And that's why Boston's been such a good team for all the years. They don't, they don't care how they win. They just got to win. You know? And uh, for me, uh, I 
I love the way Vassy's playing. I mean, he is really at the top of his game. He's going to have people just shaking their head for the rest of the year. But I like the way how we finish games. Boy, when, when they need to, they just really put it in another gear. You bring up special teams, and I know we talked a little bit about this <clears throat> on Tuesday's show about the power play. In a slide, one for 22, I think, they're in the last 11 or 12 games. So it hasn't been something that's helped them. It hasn't hurt them, but it hasn't been something to help them. But they've been really good five-on-five, five and the penalty kill has been there. And, you know, it, it's funny how things work because last year heading down to the final stretch of the season – so many people were saying, well, you can't rely on the power play when you get to the playoffs, so who cares how good it is right now? How good are you five-on-five? Five? And now they are. Now they're really good five-on-five. Five. Their penalty kill is there. And I think back to one of the years the Kings won the Cup. Their power play was about 5% in the <laughs> postseason. Yeah. But because they were so good five-on-five five and their penalty kill was good, they ended up winning the Stanley Cup. Now I'm not trying to open my crystal ball here and kind right. of peer – into what it is, but when you can have that that type of mentality when you don't have to rely on that power play, you want to take advantage of it, especially when you get in the postseason, but you don't have to rely on it, that you have other areas that you consider a strength, and to me, like, we haven't talked about the power play because they've been winning games during this stretch. How key, you talked about finding different ways to win, so when you kind of put that mentality towards an April outlook, how key is that? Well, because you play five on five, 95 to 98, 7% of the yeah. time in the playoffs. Yeah. You don't get your power play production or your power play opportunities are cut at least 50%. And they say, oh, no, it doesn't. Well, you know, you could talk to anybody that follows this game on a regular basis. And the game, there's two different kinds of games that the officials call the regular season and the, and the, and the, and the playoffs. So when you can get really get your five on five play going, I had a coach, Freddie Sherrill that used to get so mad at the team if we scored in the first minute of the play on the power play. He'd want you to score with about 20 <laughs> seconds left to go. He says, I want you to tire that other team out. He says, I want you to score right off the bat. <laughs> and then we used to look at him, like, really? But I think he just did that to change things up. But, I was going to say, oh, that's a little, being a little, yeah, a little too picky. Yeah. I mean, uh-oh, we don't want to score in the first 15 <laughs> seconds or you'd be in trouble. Well, and your and your philosophy on that team was no more than three passes without a shot, right? Oh, yeah. So no, <laughs> that the, seems a little the, contradictory. Oh, yeah. Like the thing was that his whole thing was that just so that everybody could understand it, he said, you know, if it came back to the point the second time, that guy that played the point, whether it be a defenseman or a forward winner on the power play, had to have that shot going towards the net. Yeah, and we, we set a record for power play goals at the time that year. Shooting mentality. Yeah. Right? Uh, again, we're joined by Bob the Chief Taylor from Fox Sports Sun here on the opening faceoff ahead of tonight's game against the Pittsburgh Penguins. And to your point about the time of year, uh, where the game is officiated different. Like, we've, we've talked about the power play, but here we're looking. Uh, in this stretch, they've had two or fewer opportunities on the power play. And my math is really bad, but I'll try and do it here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven times in those 12 games, they've had two or fewer power play opportunities. And even the one the other night against Vegas was an abbreviated one. Yeah, exactly. It was a minute because yeah. uh, they took a penalty on their power play. Well, that's the thing. That's another thing that gets me. You know, the, the inconsistency on what is a penalty and what isn't. I mean, there was a couple of thing, times when the Lightning could have been penalized, yep. and they weren't. And of course, you know, and, and then all the play, you get certain players that beg all the time anyway. You know, like that Stone does all the time. You know, but nonetheless, you know, uh, that game was one where the refs were 
actually watching it. You know, they, they let just about everything go. But that was basically what you were going to find in the playoffs. Yeah. yeah. And you know what? I don't mind that. I don't mind that as long as they're consistent. You know, I don't. If you're going to call it one way, you got to call it the other way. Or if you don't call it one way, you don't call it the other way. Well, that's all we ask, right? That's all. That's I all just want cons- all What's player the ever asks. What's the cons- standard? All the player asks is the consistency. Yeah, yeah. Because they're going to push the uh, the borderline. Absolutely. Every time to see what they can get away with. Well, and that's why also, too, just in-game. You want the game officiated in the third period the same way it's officiated in the first period. If you're going to let that go in the in the first period, you better let it go in the third period or vice versa. Yeah. If you're going to call it in the first, it's a penalty in the third as well. I don't care what the game is, what the situation is. A penalty is a penalty, but – that's a conversation that we'll have probably in about five weeks or so yeah. <laughs> because that will definitely oh. come up again for sure. Um, all right, so let's look ahead to tonight's game. Uh, Pittsburgh is just astounding, I think, to a lot of people with the injuries they've had this year, and not just the injuries, the players who have been injured. I mean, Sidney Crosby missed about a month and a half, six or seven weeks. Uh, Jay Gensel is out for the rest of the year. They've had Chris Letang has been out of the lineup for a good period of time. I mean, they've missed Malkin. some really key players. Malkin missed some time. And yet, here they are. They're right on the heels of the Washington Capitals in the Metro Division, and they just keep chugging along. How good of a job is Mike Sullivan doing with this team this year? Well, unbelievable. I mean, they're what, they're well over 200 games, man games lost to injury already. Yeah, I think they lead the league. or well, Actually, Winnipeg, I think if you count Buffalo, they might actually lead the league, but yeah. Pittsburgh's right there. Yeah, how can you count Buffalo? He hasn't played all. He hasn't even been in training camp, so how can you count him as a missed game? Uh, anyway, but the, the thing is for me is that, no, they, they are a very well-coached game. Sully's done a great job there. He has ever since he got there. But you know what? I think what's really happened for them is that they've got another goalie. Yeah. Jari has pushed Murray now. Yep. You know, Murray was kind of getting, I think, kind of getting a little uh, comfortable. It's a better word than saying lazy, but comfortable. And now with him there, now you got two guys. So now when you have that competition, one guy pushes the other guy. And they've been getting some really good goaltending lately. And uh, But, you know, it's, it's, it's a team that, uh, you know, the, it's one way if you really take a look and just go by the, the stats, I mean, their power plays in the top ten. Their penalty kills in the top ten. They're, they're, they don't give up a lot of shots. They don't take a lot of penalties. I mean, you go down through this, 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 and then, then now you can see why collectively as a unit. You know, uh, balanced scoring, well, I guess you could say that, especially when you have those guys out of line. But, you know, over the history of that Pittsburgh franchise, when uh, it, it always seemed to me anyway, when Crosby went down with an injury, Malkin just elevated his game yep. to, you know, outstanding status all the time and uh, I don't know if he just gets you know takes the back seat to 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 Sid the kid uh, when he's in there or not but uh, you know this this is a team that really and and you know what the funny part of it is the lightning over the last half a dozen games or so have had really good maybe a little lot more uh, they've had a good record against them mm-hmm. and uh, but I think this is why I really like the the schedule that they're having now if you really take a look at those games that they won, you know, especially the West Coast here, though those t- teams aren't that good, you know, and you went three zero and one, so that, that's great. I love that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, now you you won a game, a really big game against Vegas, which is a good team. You got another good team coming in here. Now you got a team, the Islanders, coming in that's given us fits for the last two years, year and a half anyway. So you know, and then you've got uh, you've got a Columbus on Monday in Columbus, and you got Pittsburgh. So there's those those are the next uh, four games, and uh, you know it, 
but you can't take a day off. Yep. And that's good, though, because this is the time of year where you want to get that mentality going. Yeah, and then they talked about that. Both John Cooper and the players talked about that heading into Tuesday's game. That Tuesday started a stretch of 10 consecutive games, all against teams currently sitting in the playoffs. Because uh, after the Pittsburgh game next Tuesday in Pittsburgh, they come back home and face Edmonton and Philadelphia. And then they're on the road at Colorado, uh, Vegas, and Arizona. And then you have the trade deadline towards the end of the month. So those are the final now nine games before you get to the trade deadline. So good time to kind of get your game in order because they haven't looked quite the same pre-break, post-break. Uh, their possession numbers, I don't know how much you follow that, but in terms of shot possession, they've been actually in the five games coming out of the break, they've been above 50% just once. So they've had the puck less than they've had it in previous uh, games before that. But uh, I think that's where you come back and you rely on the structure. Now, you mentioned the Pittsburgh goaltending. This is interesting because you just talked about Matt Murray being pushed. Tristan Jari kind of pushed him out of that role a little bit. Jari actually went to the All-Star game, represented the Metro Division. Matt Murray's won six in a row. He's won his last six starts uh, where Tristan Jari, um, he's kind of stumbled a little bit. He's allowed three or more goals in uh, two, five, seven, nine of his last ten games. But Matt Murray's won six in a row. So now you have more competition. So mm-hmm. I'm interested to see who starts tonight. But from a Tampa Bay perspective, does it matter? Is there a different style between, between those two guys? No, I think one of the things is that you've seen Murray a little bit more often. You know, then you have Jari. So, uh, for me, uh, it, it's really one of the things that, you, that that Pittsburgh has done quite well is there is that they've really limited second opportunities. You know, you, your goalie gets your first shot. And that's the same thing with the Lightning. Uh, the, uh, but that's mainly because Vassie smothers the puck so well. But a lot of teams don't get a lot of second. Like Vegas rarely had any rebound chances. They had a couple of wide open chances that they missed the net, no yep. question. But they there, there wasn't – I'm trying to go very few rebound opportunities. And that's what uh, Pittsburgh has done a good job as. They've done a really good job of letting him get the first shot and then not letting you get anywhere near that rebound opportunity. So that that's a big difference there. But, you know, I mean, um, I, I think that net front presence is going to be a real factor too for the Lightning uh, because uh, I'm, th- I'm glad that they've been doing it and getting it. And they're getting, once you start getting uh, uh, success with a certain style of play, you're a lot easier. It's a lot easier to get them to do it again, to repeat it, because hey, well, it worked, so maybe we keep doing it. It'll keep working. And uh, again, it's the old adage: show me. I keep saying, the hockey players are from Missouri. <laughs> you show me, and it works. We're going to do it. If you don't work, you ain't going to do it. Now, Chief, which Missouri is that? <laughs> is it the great state of Kansas, or is it the great state of Missouri? Great as, state uh, of Missouri. As we found out uh, from the Kansas City Chiefs and yeah. uh, where they might or might not actually play. Um, Jan Ruda. I don't think we could have sat here at the beginning of the season and said, boy, if they lose Jan Ruda, a little bit of a hold to fill. But he's played really well. He's been a really good partner uh, in a lot of ways for Victor Hedman. Uh, unexpectedly, I don't think we could have penciled him in as being a consistent partner for Victor Hedman, but they made it work. We don't know how long he's going to be out yet. We know it's week to week, um, probably weeks at this point, if you kind of try and read the tea leaves a little bit. So you have a Braden Coburn, you have a Luke Shen. How do you fill that hole now? Because the pairings had been very consistent, especially since McDonough came back. 
um, you know, those, those top six had been together for a while. Now you have to disrupt that. So how do you kind of manage that situation specifically who plays with Victor Hedman? I don't think it's a problem at all. Yeah. I mean, losing Ruda doesn't mean anything to me. I mean, for me, because if you lose a Sergachev or you lose a McDonough or you lose a Hedman or a, or a or Shattenkirk, then that's a big problem. Mm. No, I, Colbert, Colbert played the right side half of his career when he played in Philly with that Tipo Newman and, you know, and, and played very well on the right side. You know, he could skate. He'll probably get uh, the bulk of the the thing there. Now, will you, will you move uh, uh, che, uh, Sergei Cheb up there and put uh, Colbert back with, uh, you know, with Shattenkirk? You know, that could work, mm. you know. Uh, but... Uh, I don't think it's as big a problem as everybody's trying to make it out to be. No. I really don't. Okay. So, but the the consistency in defensive partners. Well, you know, they've, they've played together before, you know, and, and with Victor, it's not going to hurt Victor. Victor's going to play the same way. The guy that plays with them has to understand yeah. how Victor goes. So you can't go all the way up the ice all the time, too. You're the have, you have to be that guy that sits back a bit. Uh, you know, and uh, you know, I think with uh, if you got Shen there, you're going to win a lot more ba board battles than you will with Ruda, and and Coburn can handle the skating part of it, you know. And uh, I think that whoever goes in there is is going to bring size and strength to the lineup anyway. But I, they'll probably they'll probably shift uh, somebody up there. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if you see Sergachev playing the right side with them, and uh, most of the time, and then use uh, uh, Coburn and and uh, uh, possibly Shattenkirk or, uh, you know, back there, uh, whoever. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised to. No matter who takes the the spot on the ice um, for the, the game lineup, basically, uh, we'll probably see Victor play with everybody anyway, right? Like we we saw that earlier in the year. Is that outside, I, I think McDonough and Chernak will, will play. Yeah. You know, you know, I mean, everybody saw oh, they switched it around. Yeah, well, they had to. There was five defensemen. Yeah. So, uh, but I, you know, that, I don't think they're going to change that one. Uh, the key thing of it is, is you got to be smart enough to play with Victor, just yeah. to, to understand. Yeah, you that, have to understand that where he's, where he's going and he's all over the you place. You really have to read him. Yeah, and that's the key. And you know what? I mean, uh, that's that's the biggest problem. Ruda did a very good job of that, yep. reading it and allowing you know, and for Victor. Uh, but uh, for me, uh, I, I can see. The key to the the key to the whole thing here is the versatility of of. Uh, uh, <laughs> I just couldn't be of uh, Sergachev. Yeah. Because he can play both left and right side, you know, and uh, I I think that's the key for him. He he's played mostly the left side, you know, this year, but uh, he has pl he played all the right side all through it. But you know, he likes to go with the male too, so. Yeah, that's that's and that's why it's an interesting but if that's what's yeah happen. yeah. But I to me, I I don't think you're gonna lose much. Yeah. Um, chief trade went down last night in the league that it affected an Atlantic Division foe as the Toronto Maple Leafs acquired Jack Campbell and Kyle Clifford from the L.A. Kings. Uh, Leafs needed a goaltender. Frederick Anderson is injured. They don't know how long he's going to miss. They just say it's day to day. But they've had a kind of a hole there as their backup goaltender. Jack Campbell comes in. How much is – Who did they give up for that? Uh, Trevor Moore and a couple of draft picks. So, yeah, it wasn't a whole lot. I think there's two third-round draft picks and another draft pick involved in it um, in that trade. But 
you know, the Leafs are a team that are, they're outside the playoff picture right now, and they're kind of lumped in with uh, the, the Panthers and Philadelphia and Carolina and the Islanders and um, these teams vying for a playoff spot. How much can that backup goalie in this situation, it's obviously hurt them this year. I think I saw, I, re- or I listened to um, SiriusXM on my way in this morning. I think the Leafs are 27th in terms of points from their backup goaltender. And uh, it's been a hole that they've needed to fill. So now that they've sort of addressed this, how much more does that, or how does that help the Leafs as we potentially look at who could be, you know, first-round opponents? Well, when you take a look at the Leafs, I, I see this. T- I see the Lightning of two years ago, where the goalie was the biggest star, and the biggest thing with them is that Frederick Anderson bails them out time and time and time and time again. They haven't figured out that you got to play team defense yet. Those forwards, you know, hey, I'm open by the Buick. Get me the puck. <laughs> you know, they don't uh, they don't come back too well. And uh, you know, that's the whole key with they talk about defense. It's not just the defenseman, the goaltender, because you got to have that player, those forwards coming back and, and being committed to it. And and yeah, it's a heck of a lot more fun scoring goals, and we've seen that for three years. And that's the same with the with saying with the Leafs, but. You know, you you get a, you got a good sized player in Clifford. You know, I mean, I heard there's rumors of him coming here. Yep. And uh, but uh, Campbell's a, uh, uh, is a really a better improvement uh, over what they had. Yeah. But he could probably help them. But you see, that's the thing is, when you when you're when the other team is surging, that's when you hope your goalie's bailing you out. And Anderson would bail you out. Bassey would bail you out. You know, all the good goalies would bail you guys bail you out. So, uh, you know, like Price. You know, he was that way, too. So now when you got a second guy coming in, and again, we can point out to Louis Domingue for us last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, Louis won, what, 15 straight games or something? And if he, when Vassie was hurt, psst, that that's a big difference. There's no way you win 62 games. You know, we'd be lucky to get 50, you know, if your backup goalie isn't there. But for me, uh, Toronto, it's going to help them, no question. But they've got to start understanding like our team has this year. Mm-hmm. The better you play defense, the more times you have the puck. And so uh, that's the thing for me. But that that's a that's a big improvement for the Leafs getting Campbell. He's a pretty good player. Yep. And, uh, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, they got to push for it. But they're the ones that have to, you know, I don't know if they're, they're I mean, they're a young team. And so I'm not sure. You know, it's so that's that mean. Can we take more chances now? So because that guy goes to bail us out. That's yeah. the mentality of guys that score. That's why yeah. they score. Yeah. Because they 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 have that that gambler attitude. And and that's kind of how Babcock didn't want them to play. But there is there's a balance there, and I think we're seeing that with the Lightning this year. There's a balance between knowing when to go, when to push the pace, and when to not push the pace. And I think that's an understanding that this team here that we cover has certainly got a key. Yes. And you mentioned the third period the other night against Vegas. Yeah. Wasn't great the first two periods. They found a way to grind through it. Actually had a lead going into the third period and then, you know, kind of locked it down. Even yep. when Vegas tied it early in the third, locked it down, grinded it out, find a way to get a goal, win a game. Yep. They don't ask how. They yep. ask how many, right? Exactly. Yeah. Kind of like when you hit goals off into the trees. <laughs> they do ask how many on that one <laughs> yeah. as well, for sure. Um, Chief, as always, great conversation. Uh, thanks for the insight, as you always do. We'll catch you on the pregame show tonight on Fox Sports Sun, intermission and postgame 
as well. We'll do this again uh, for Saturday's game. Yes, for sure. All right, sounds good. Uh, Bob the Chief Taylor has been our guest here on the opening face-off. Don't forget, Greg Linelli is coming up next with Lightning Power Play Live, getting you set for the game against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Pre-game show starts at 6.30, and the game starts at 7 with Dave Mishkin and Phil Esposito. Thanks, everybody, as always, for listening. Thanks to Bob the Chief Taylor for joining us. Thanks to Victor Hedman for sitting down with us and talking to us for a little bit. And as always, thanks to Connor Zielinski for putting it all together. We'll be back for Saturday's game against the New York Islanders. So until then... Have a happy hockey day.